Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. I want to say that that I do. I I believe that, um, you know, we're in a season where coming to church was is not just the cool thing to do you know coming to church isn't just like the the thing and so you guys coming and being here i just really believe that god has been putting it in my spirit that um i believe that god has blessed um what we're doing here and i believe together the people that are coming like we're going to build a future together I do. I, I believe that we're going to build a future together. And I'm convinced that as we remodel uh, this new building that we purchased, uh, God is saying it is time for a new thing. I do believe that. I, it's time for a new thing. And, and here's what it is. It's time for more. It's time for more space. It's time for more people. It's time for more ministers. And can I just tell you that the church... The goal of the church is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's what the church does. Now, in that, the church can be a hospital for people who are broken that need to find freedom and be healed. But the church is also like a ladder. It's a a bridge builder. It's an extender of purpose and identity. There's so many things that the church does. But when you remove the church's voice from society, where do they be? Listen, in a world of fake news, where do you get the good news? You hear what I'm saying? In a world where everybody has an opinion about everything, and it seems like both sides have... um, uh, 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 just stats and information, how do we navigate that? Well, we, we navigate that by going back to the good news. And we navigate that, come on, listen, by retraining our mind. And I just want to take a moment because the church isn't established to make people feel better. That's not the goal. That's not the, we aren't essential oils that you rub on your body and feel a little better. The way that you feel better is that you get healthier. The way you get healthier is you get freer. And the way you get freer is you change how you think. And the idea of the church is that we begin to challenge thoughts and we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and we shift our thoughts Come on, that's how the that that's what we do. That's that's the church. I know that you're thinking this way, but here's what God wants you to think. And when we begin to take off those old mindsets and move forward, then here's what happens is we begin to step into freedom like we've never had. That's the goal of the church. That's what we're doing. And so I believe that we are moving into a time where there is exceedingly and abundant uh, blessings on what we're doing. And, and when I say that, I, I, I know when I talk about more, uh, some people, and you may have the personality where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited, change. <laughs> Woo! I love it here. We always change something. And then some of you may be like, I hate change. I actually hate it. And because you know what change means. Change means different. Change, change means that you'll see new leaders. Change means that there will be new life groups. Change, change just means it's different. And so as we begin to do this, we know that God has more opportunity and more territory 
for the house. Okay? And so more for us does not mean just more space. But we see more space means more people, which means more ministers. And in a, in a time where everybody's, everybody's like struggling with hope. Man, I want to be the catalyst of ministers where we're able to touch Rogers, Bentonville, Northwest Arkansas. Come on. Like, like that's what the calling of the church is. And so we see new opportunities as a way to reach and teach people to meet the Father, accept forgiveness, live free, and fuel purpose. And so one of the defining characteristics of the Christian life is that we're always moving forward. We're always moving forward. Listen, the Bible talks about that we go from glory, come on, help me, to glory. So that means that we are always moving forward. And so here's the thing, is that we are not holding, everybody's story is different. And how you heard about the Lord and how much you know about God, everybody's story is different. So we're not holding everybody to one family's standard. Our standard is the Bible and, our, and the image that we're looking at is Jesus. Come on, help me. And so some of us may be day one in this faith. Some of us may be on year 12 in this faith. And God grades on a scale because he he wants us to continue growing, but when you say yes to Jesus, he comes in like a seed, but then he wants to take over, listen, your whole life. And so that means that we are always growing. We are always being perfected. We are always taking another step. Come on, help me. We are always being perfected into that image where God's like, hey, you're doing great. I'm excited about how far you've come, but let's work on this area. Hey, I'm excited about this, but you know what? You're getting a little grumpy. You're getting a little grumpy. You got a little spiritual grumpiness. You have a little attitude. A little, just a little, 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 little thing. You got a little passive aggressiveness rolling. And we need to dig down, like, where does that come from? And why are we doing that? And how free are we really? And so God is always moving us from where we are to where he wants us to be. Come on. In fact... Uh, Paul begins to encourage his son in the faith, Timothy, um, by saying that, listen, uh, there is a calling of God on our life. And the way that all of this moves forward is that we have to become obedient to the Lord. And so that, that word obedience and submission, those are like really like not fun words. Because a lot of people want to go to church to feel better, but we believe that feeling better is a byproduct of order in your life, and that happens through obedience. Like, what, God, are you asking me to get rid of now so that I can make more space in my heart for you? Come on. Let, let me give you what Paul encourages Timothy. I think it's going to encourage us. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 5 says this. Look at this. I charge you in the presence of God and in Jesus Christ, who is going to judge the living and the dead. I love, Paul does not come soft. Do y'all know any direct people in your life? Can I tell you that this, Paul, it stopped. Paul is, listen, Paul. <laughs> I hate it when I say something and my staff is like, we know one. Here's the thing, listen. Paul just comes right out the gate. He's not like, how is the weather where you are? We have a brisk 87. 
Paul's like, dude, I've been in jail. I've been snake bit. Come on. I've been stoned. And let me just, let me just, when I say that, you're like, Paul was stoned? He's awesome. We're not talking about that type of stone. I just want to let you all know that. We're like actual rocks that was thrown at him. That's kind of the stone that we're talking about. You're like, I really connect with this church. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen. I charge you in the presence of God and in Jesus Christ who's going to judge the living and the dead. Okay, so here's the, here's the bottom line is, is Paul comes right out the gate like, look, we are playing an eternal game here. And I appreciate if you are a teacher, if you're a healthcare professional, if you're a doctor, if you're someone who is helping serve people, you have to know that for us, you have great honor. You have great honor. Come on, put your hands together for those people. Come on. And so in no way do I want to diminish. I, I want to praise and thank you because we've all needed that help. But here is what I want to say. The Bible calls this life a vapor. Listen to what I'm saying. A vapor. And the church has got to remember that we've got to make sure that while we want to steward our life the best that we can, come on, we want to be disciplined, we want to let the Holy Spirit help us have self-control, the Bible is very clear that this life is but a vapor and there is eternity that is going to be a longer time than this life. And so while everybody is working to save life here, the church's goal is to save life in the next life. That's the goal of the church. And so that's why we have to be open. That's why we have to do the work of the church. Because this vapor, while it is important, come on, in this vapor, I met my wife. In this vapor, I had kids. In this vapor, I've met some really awesome friends. So I am saying that this vapor is incredible, but I am telling you it is a vapor and there will be an eternity of either ministering and joy and life with the Father or there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and the church has got to understand its role no matter what happens in society come on help me help me is this right if it's true say it's true okay preach the word be ready in season and out of season come on like there's an assignment on our life and we got to preach the word. And what that means is we got to get in the word to know the word to be able to preach the word because you cannot preach what you do not know. Come on. We had the hogs win. Anybody cheering for the hogs? Come on. Little, little suey pig. Listen. Listen. Can I just tell you this? How many of you can recognize a true fan? Like a true fan. Like not a fan boy or a fan girl. Someone who's cheering when everybody's cheering. Because I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan and I know, come on online, I know when people are real Dallas Cowboy fans. Come on, if you're a real fan, you know at least one player on the team. And if you're talking about Troy Aikman, you might not be a real fan. Come on, somebody. You know, if you're, if you're talking about how awesome the hogs are and you're talking about Jerry Jones, I'm just telling you, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. It is very hard to preach the word when the only thing you know is little snippets. You got to get the word in you. You got to get the word in you. And here's the deal. We are presented, the church is presented with an opportunity in, in, in this season. 
And I don't believe that God did COVID, but I believe that God can use COVID. Hear what I'm saying? We've all experienced loss. We've all experienced people who died. And and, and if we're going to have a real moment, it's been tough. I've been at and I've done more funerals than I want to do. And you've been there too. But here is what I want to say about this. Is that in this season, we've got to get into the word. Because there is an opportunity. And opportunity doesn't come when you want it. The one thing that you cannot do when opportunity knocks is practice. You hear what I'm saying? And so when the ball is thrown, either you're going to be in position to catch it. Or you're not going to have the skill to catch it. But the ball was thrown nonetheless. And I'm asking you in a time where people are hurting and need answers. When the time when there is uncertainty. Are we the church putting the word of God in us. And ministering effectively wherever we are at. Come on. Because it is a season for the church to give hope. Look at this. Reproof. Rebuke. Exhort. With complete patience and teaching. Can I tell you that I love that you're here. And I would really like you to stay. But don't just go to a church where you feel like it makes you feel better. Like we all need to sit under the word. And it needs to rebuke us. Challenge us. Reprove us. Change our mind. Change what we did last week. Change the conversation that we're in. Like submission to that means that I absolutely don't know better. But God's word does know better. And I'm trying to get the flesh out. So that the spirit man can move in my life. Come on. And we all need that. We all need that. Like y'all don't need that. I need that. And you need that. And so here's what Paul says. Look at this. Go to the next part of the verse. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But they will have itching ears. And they'll decide who is their teacher based on what they want to hear. The worst thing sometimes we can do is... And it's, and it's counterculture, so I want to just talk a little bit. But Katie and I grew up different. I grew up getting a shot and getting medicine every single day of my life. You know what I'm saying? And if the doctor said you needed a shot, I'm like, yeah, give me that one plus one. I'm just like, whatever you say. You, you went to school, you're good, it's no problem. My wife grew up with... Uh, homeopathic medicine she was she grew up and she you know she she grew up with like these things called vitamins like vitamin c and vitamin d and i remember getting married and like i don't even know what that is and then i tried one and i was like oh orangey <laughs> it's you're you're telling you're calling this good like this is this is almost like candy <laughs> and and so when we got married the first year of marriage, I had incredible sinus issues. I'd had surgery. I had whatever. And my sinuses were still, t still terrible. And she was like, hey, have you ever thought about, like, changing some of your diet and trying some of this medication? A and it was just herbal stuff for lens, throat, whatever. And I was like, <laughs> I've actually never thought about that. Those two things, I've never thought about that. And she's like, well, you might want to try it. And I remember one time I was sick, 
And I was like, okay, I need to go to the doctor. I'd been on antibiotics like four times every year. And she was like, babe, you're not supposed to be on antibiotics every day (laughs) of your life. And I was like, say what? She was like, actually, we probably need to take you off of antibiotics for like the next 20 years because you've had so much. And I'm like, and so I remember getting sick, and she's like, whooping up this potion. <laughs> it's like, Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. I'm like, <laughs> and she's like, take it. And I'm like, um, no. <laughs> but it's crazy. As I submitted to what I did not know, my sinuses got a little bit better. And so you may think they're not better at all because you're hearing me. But they were, but they were worse. <laughs> And and, and I guess all I'm saying is that if you pick a church based on what you want rather than what God has for you, you may never be challenged to really break the addictions and strongholds and purposes because God wants to take you somewhere. But if you're picking your teacher, you may not be getting where you want to go. Come on, hear what I'm saying. It's this idea that you actually don't know what... And when I say you, I mean us, me. I actually don't know what I need to self-describe and prescribe where God wants to take me. And so, listen, 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 listen. This is good. You can clap for that. It's okay. Um, Katie and I got involved with a relationship uh, that is a pastor over our lives. And... um, and of about four years ago, five years ago, and it's Matt Keller, uh, it is uh, Next Level, and every year, I kind of resisted it. I was like, ah, oh, I gotta go, I gotta go. And, and here's the deal, is uh, my wife was like, it's good for us. And I was like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> and she's like, no, it's good for us. I don't know what it is. And we had this tension, and so every time I go to one of these things, she's like, this is gonna be good for us. And I'm like, it's not what I want. And she's like, but it's what you need. And I'm like, okay. Because here's the deal. Many times for us to really grow in our faith, we've got to hear the things that we don't want to hear because we already know what we believe on a few things. Come on. Does this make sense? Is that good? All right. All right. Okay, cool. So here's what he says. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Itching ears, blah, 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 passions. Okay, turn away. Okay, look at this. As for you, always be sober-minded, Endure suffering, do the work of the evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Sober-minded. Here's what he says. Look at this. This literally means be free from intoxicating influences. Let me say it like this. Don't be drunk on a wrong worldview. Begin to surrender your worldview to the Bible. And reframe your worldview based on what the Bible says. Look at this. It says endure suffering. Paul, my guy, Miss Mills, he was beaten, shipwrecked, imprisoned. Paul never went back to the old life. He endured the suffering, and he finished the race, and the Bible says that he kept the faith. Here's the next thing. Look at this. It says, do the work of the evangelist. Like, do the work. Come on. As a believer, we gotta, we got to do the work. This means, listen, proclaim the gospel message. Can I say it like this? Don't go to church. Be the. 
Be the church. Be salt and light. Be the city on a hill. Light up your office. Light up your room. Light up your house. Light up. And so here's what this means when it says be the evangelist. We are the ones that share the good news. And so that means preach to yourself first. Don't post first. Preach first to yourself. Call yourself to the same repentance you call others. Come on. Call yourself to the same repentance. Preach to your family. Model transformation. Preach to your friends. Let's stop acting like there is no eternity. And let's not put everything into a vapor that the Bible says will be here today and gone tomorrow. For us, I believe that your ministry can thrive as you begin to believe that you are called by God and you have one. I love what he says. Look at this. The last it says, fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. Here's what this means, is that there was something that you were born to do. I know you do your job, but there is something that you were born to do that affects other people. And when you do what you're born to do, you can go to the work and you can come home and, and you're satisfied because I'm doing what I was born to do. For us to begin to fulfill our ministry, that, he didn't say start it, he said finish it. Look, at, we're not asking you to start a ministry. We're asking you to finish well and stay in ministry. And to do that, we're all going to have to overcome trials. We're all going to have to fight temptations. And we're all going to have to pass tests. And so what does that mean? When we talk about overcoming trials, that means you're going to have to navigate and win in areas that you don't get to control. That's a trial. A trial is something that you don't have control over that is affecting your life. A temptation is something that you do have control over, and it's a temptation that is pulling you into bondage, and we have control over that. The Bible has given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the Word. He's given us the church. He's given us friends so that we can push back on that. But then lastly is passing tests. Like, think about this. Passing tests. That's where we begin to be fueled by the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in more spiritual self-control and we can make it through a hard season because we have been obedient. I'm saying all this to say this. is It is important that we as a church and that we as a body never go back. We never go back. We never return back. We move forward onto the next thing that God has for us. And so my assignment today is this. Never go back. Church, listen, I know you're never supposed to say never. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, I appreciate Justin Bieber singing a little song. You'll never say never. And I appreciate that. Because if he, if he sings it, it's probably true. Um, but, but here's the thing that I need to tell you. There are some things that we're never, listen, we're never going back to. There's things that we're never going back to. And I have a few things that I think I want to show you that we're, we're never going to go back to. A few pictures, a few illustrations. Uh, and so the first illustration is this. It is uh, little Steve. 
I'm never going back to this, okay? I'm never going back to this. I'm never going back to the blonde hair. You know, I appreciate my parents. Just in case I ever forgot my name, it was right there. I mean, like, like you're going to school. I just need you to know your name. And so I was like, cool, my name is Steve. You know, now, you know, that would be like predator territory. So you know, don't buy a, a kid your shirt with the fur name and the address. Don't do that. But, but, but we, we were old school. We, we didn't wear helmets. You know what I'm saying? And I have my name on my shirt. What's up? You know, you're never going back to some things. And not, not only that, but I remember like when, when I was a parent going into uh, elementary school, taking my kids into elementary school, I just remember walking through the very first time Trevor, uh, my oldest son, went to elementary school. I had a lot of trauma. Come on, you know, anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you got in trouble a lot in school. And so you walked in on the first day and a teacher's walking up to you and they're doing the power walk and you're like, I'm supposed to be here. I don't have a hall pass, though. <laughs> I'm jacked. <laughs> like, like, I got to remember thinking, I, I am the parent, and you don't have to tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm just like super like strong. You're never going back. Some things you're never going back to. Um, uh, here, here's another picture uh, that, that, that I have. This is 20-year-old Steve. And so I used to, do not do that. Some of y'all take pictures. This is a no-picture-taking <laughs> sermon. And so here's the thing is uh, in my 20s, I worked a summer camp and I did crazy things. And, and I realize now that I'm not going back to 155 pounds and I'm not ever going back to no facial hair. I'm just going to say that right out there. So if you're like, when are you going to shave? Never. Okay. Um, <laughs> the next time you see this gone will be heaven. Okay. And I realize I'm not going back to that as much as I want to. And I appreciate that tan that I had. Uh, I, I'm never going back there again. Um, the next is, is this, come on, uh, was, listen, oh yeah, you see her leaning into me, girl, like, like, girl, I got you, gonna put your head on my, like, I'm just like, you see my, my little, my V-neck, my little, my little V-neck, my, my just like, hello, my name is Steve, you know what I'm just and we were something back then, just looking all cute, you know, m matching jackets, we're probably never going back there <laughs> uh, uh, because we have four kids that all go places and uh, we don't take pictures together. I mean, just, uh, <laughs> we lived in Hot Springs and we took that picture in Hot Springs and Hot Springs was a wonderful time for us. But we're, I'm just, we're just never, we're never going, we visit, but we're never going back there. Um, in 2016, we moved up uh, to the church. We moved up to Rogers from Hot Springs and we planted a church. And um, we started in uh, our home, and we started in an apartment complex where we didn't even have a place. And so we met together in this clubhouse of an apartment, and we began to talk about what God wanted to do. And we began to talk about what was next, and, and, and we, we began to do leadership and preach and teach and do. And I remember uh, we were coming to the place where we actually needed a building. We had no space. And during that time, our kids were homeschooled, so uh, when Katie and I needed to talk or cry, we would find a park and let our kids go play. Uh, because we were like, <laughs> come on, is this too real for y'all? Like, y'all ever have moments where you're like, it's not going to happen, it's never going to happen. And so we had those moments, so our kids were like, wow, our family really likes parks, but that was therapy. Come on, son. <laughs> Thank you, Northwest Arkansas. Hey. And so... 
in this particular moment, our kids are at a park, and we're talking, and we're like, I don't know what we're going to do, what are we going to do, I don't know. <laughs> and um, my wife just says, hey, we need to pray. And so we begin to pray, and, and just like as soon as we were done praying, I got a phone call from a pastor I had never met in the area, and he said, hey, I know we haven't met yet, and I know that you are getting ready to start a church, and I just want to say that we need more churches here in Northwest Arkansas, and I was like, <laughs> I love you, I'm coming to your church, <laughs> and, and, and he said, no, no, you, I think I have a place for y'all, I don't know, do you have a place yet, and we had tried, there used to be, a couple years ago, there was a YMCA over here uh, in Bentonville, there was a boys club that's still there, we went to the rack, we went to a bunch of places, we couldn't find any portable space. And he says, I think I got a guy. You need to call him. Maybe this spot will open up for you. And we met with the person. And before we knew it, we were in the building, 6,000 square feet uh, on Hudson right over here. And we were there for three years. And God began to grow. And we, we ended that season with three services uh, that were all full. And we were like, God, what are you going to do next? And we had nothing. Uh, I remember I, w I wanted the Frisco Station Mall. Do you, anybody remember that? I wanted the Frisco Station. I still want it. Uh, uh, uh. But anyway, uh, and so I, I was working with Frisco Station Mall. That really didn't happen. Uh, but a pastor came over here and said, hey, I think that this is the next place for you. And I was like, ah. But it was. But it was. And I remember the moment where God was like, hey, this is the next spot. And now we're here. We've been here almost three years. This, uh, our term here, our lease is up in March the 1st. And, and we have grown to three services again. And people are now coming back. And you can see it's kind of getting full. And so God has blessed us with another building right down the road. So this is right under 12,000 square feet. And the next one is, it'll have many phases. Uh, when it's all done with all of our phases, it'll be like 23,000 square feet. But, but in the first phase, it's 17,500 uh, 17, uh, square feet. And we just believe that we're never going back. And so as you see us moving forward, as you see God doing this, and God has done it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter... It doesn't matter sometimes how it gets there. If we begin to see God's hand in it, then you can see what God is doing. And sometimes we don't like a, a moment, but when we pull back from a moment, we get to see what God is doing and his hand on it. Does that make sense? And so 17,000 uh, square feet. And for us to do this, here's what I'm saying needs to happen in your life. I believe that as we move forward, God's wanting you to move forward, but it will require you to move. It'll require you to face uncertainty, and it will require you to live by faith. And if you want to move, come on, does anybody want to move forward in their life? Come on, does anybody want to go? Come on, do, come on, you should want to do that. Like, I want to move forward. I don't want to deal with what I dealt with last year. I, I want to move forward. And so here's the thing. I want to give you the story. We're going to spend this Sunday and next. So make sure that you're, you, you're here next Sunday. But we're going to unpack 
the way that God began to deliver his people. God began to deliver the children of Israel who were in bondage under Pharaoh. And God began to move them from bondage to freedom. And we can see that God had something better for them. But yet, you know what? There's a little drama. There's some issues. It wasn't just easy. So Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. Verse 5 through 13, and I want you to read this with me. It's a longer uh, passage. I'm going to give you three points today, uh, three points over the next couple of days. Uh, Sundays, sorry, I can't talk. Uh, I'm only going to give you one today. My bad. All right. Exodus chapter 14, verse 5 through 11. Then the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, and the mind of Pharaoh and his servants changed towards the people and they said what is this that we've done we let israel go from serving us okay so let me back up a little bit the people of god were in bondage israel there were 10 plagues finally pharaoh submits to let the people of god go worship the way they want they tell pharaoh we're going to go worship we've been in captivity so long We've lost some of the customs that God wanted for us. And so we need to go and teach our children these customs. So we need to go off to the mountain and we need to pray and we need to get our stuff right. And so Pharaoh's like, no, 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 no. And finally he's like, fine, go. Y'all go worship. Well, God's plan was that was the opening to deliver them. And they go and they keep going. And so Pharaoh's like, that's not what we discussed Yo, we fixing a fight. This is not cool. And this is the story that we're reading. Does that make sense? Okay. Six. So he made ready this chariot and took his army with him. He took over 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with officers in them. We bring in everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like we're bringing the whole army on these children of God. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued the people to Israel. And while the people were in Israel, they were going out defiantly. And the, the Egyptians pursued them all. Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen and his army overtook and encamped. And they were overtook and they were encamped by the sea. When Pharaoh drew near, the people lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. Okay, so you've got to understand, this is not like the second service. There's a lot of people here. We're talking about millions. There were a million people walking. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen a million people walking. That's a lot of people. And so what the people see at the end and what people see at the beginning, we're just like, are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. And then all of a sudden, little Johnny is in the back of the million. And he's like, I wonder what, mommy, what is that? And then all of a sudden, they're going to kill us. <laughs> I mean, you, you just see them going through the whole people. And everybody's like, dang, this is messed up. Because I just need you to know that the children of Israel didn't have any weapons. Like they didn't have any swords. They didn't have any horse chariot. They didn't have, they didn't have like, all right, band together. Huh? There was nothing. It was like, dang it. <laughs> and they're just about to get run on. Here's the deal. 
When Pharaoh drew near, the people lifted their eyes. Can I ask you, what, 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 is, the, what, what is the Pharaoh in your own personal life? Look at this. And behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. They feared greatly, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us to die in the wilderness? That was kind of like a your mama joke. That was kind of like that. It was, was kind of like some smack talk from the people. Because they were like, you don't want us all stuffed in tombs? What? We're going to have graves out here in the wilderness? I mean, it was kind of like a dig. Okay? Look at this. Is this not what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for you. Uh, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. It would have been better for us to stay than to go. It would have been better for us to stay in captivity. It would have been better. Come on. Do you hear what I'm saying? Look at this. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will do in you today. Look at this. For the Egyptians who you see today, you will never see again. In other words, Moses is like, we ain't never going back. What God has authored and what God has done, we are moving forward and we are never going back. So I'm going to give you three reasons to never go back. I'm going to give you one today. Here it is right here. Here's the only thing we're going to talk about. Dismiss the idea that it was better back where you started. Dismiss the idea that it was better back. I listen to people who've been in the faith and they watch old, they see old pictures or they, they see Facebook or they scroll and they're talking about, oh man, that was such a good time. When we, you remember, when, I mean, I know it's wrong to party now, but you know, it was so good. It wasn't that good. You think it was good, but it wasn't that good. Was it that good that you, you know, you were so wasted, you couldn't remember what you did or who you did it with? How good was that? Was it so good that every time your phone rang, you had to hide what was going on in the phone and you were always looking over your shoulder to try to find out who would know and who would find out? Come on. What, was it that good? Because we, we tend to make everything look good when we've left it and God is saying that, no, 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 no. It wasn't good back then. You were enslaved. You were in bondage. Come on, hear what I'm saying? I'm trying to free you and you're trying to stay... The people of God were like, it's better back there. And I'm telling you that there will be times in your life where old mindsets will creep back up and you will actually say to yourself, it was easier when I was in the world. It was better when I was. And I'm here to tell you, that's a lie. And that's not true. It's important for all of us to see that Pharaoh wanted slaves. That Egypt was a place of bondage. That once the enemy knows that you're moving, he's coming to take you back. Come on, help me. The enemy hates to lose hold of God's people. He's trying to move you into new territory. And so, yeah, there will be moments when it's harder than you want. There's moments when you got to march along when you want to stop. There's moments when you're going to have to cross a sea and you don't know how in the world you're fixing to do it. We have to make sure that old mindsets don't take us back to bondage. Catch this. The children of Israel were angry with God and the leader that God chose, but God was showing kindness toward them because they used to be slaves. 
and God was freeing them. God was saying, yo, I'm freeing you, but your fear is holding you. And I can't move forward with your fear holding you on what may or may not happen. Come on, hear me. The journey toward being free means that you're going to face some things. And so here's what I need all of us to know. I never want you to come and be a part, and, and, and be a part of our body and not think that all you have to do is ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And then all of a sudden, your spiritual life is like the Disney Channel. Everything works out in 30 minutes. Because that's not... You will leave and you, you will have emotional roller coasters in your faith. We're finally leaving. He's answered our prayers. Oh, this is awful. We're going to die. It's terrible. We just never left. I mean, like you're going to be thinking that every season of your life when you sign up for a life group, when you come to serve, when you begin to tithe, when you begin to reach out, when you text that friend and say, come to church with me, when you begin to live the gospel life, you're going to be like, yes, it's working. It's not working. It's terrible. It's stupid. You know, it's going to be that your whole life. But here's the deal. God still can provide, open the sea, and move you to places where the milk and honey flow. Just like Paul encourages Timothy to keep moving. Can I just ask you, what old mindsets should you never go back to? Going on the journey means that you're going to have moments where you have absolutely no control. And you're waiting on God to move. And there's no amount of intelligence that can handle splitting the Red Sea. A freedom journey is to remove the enemy's stronghold in your life, not just take you out of the enemy's camp. What good is it if you leave Egypt if every time you see a pharaoh, you're stricken with fear and you're immobilized? God does not want to just take you out of the evil camp. He wants to begin to heal your life and begin to do something in your life. Where it doesn't matter what you see, you are no longer paralyzed because you are moving forward to where God has you. Come on, and that's good. That's good. That's good. What are you carrying? Are you carrying an old offense that's keeping you backwards? Like you're offended over something like three or four years ago? You're offended over a conversation? That's an old mindset, and you don't even know. And here's the deal. You may be right. You may be 100% right, and they were 100% wrong, but who's in bondage? Come on, hear what I'm saying. That addiction is an old mindset. Don't ever go back because, because of COVID. Listen, coming to church is now kind of hit and miss, and I'm not talking about sick and being over it and being healthy and, and, and doing what you need to do, but it's... It's broken our routine, and now it's kind of like, am I going to go bike riding, or am I going to go, huh? Because there's this idea that maybe I don't need it like I think I need it. But the truth is, the moment that you got saved, there was this incredible destiny that sparked into your life, and God has been using every moment available to begin to move your life toward the destiny and calling that he has for you. The moment you opened your life, God was like, get ready. We're fixing to roll. Come on. How many of you 
it felt so good when the hogs won yesterday. Be honest. Come on. I was explaining a little woo, little woo, little woo, little excitement, little excitement. Thank you. All right. Here's the deal. Um, it felt good because you know what? Uh, last season we were losers. But this season we beat Texas. And so I know you... Look, like you can be excited about that. And if you're a Texas fan, I grew up in Texas. It was hard for me for a moment. But when we started winning, come on. And they, they were like rushing. They were rushing the field. I was like rushing to like the bathroom, brush my teeth. Because it was over. But you know what? Here's what they say. They, they, they we're talking about the fact that there were three aspects of the game that the Hogs did well. You, the three aspects. It is the offense and the defense. Everybody's talking about the defense coordinator. Oh, my guy. He took it to another level. And then special teams. I mean, we had one little flub, but, but we got it back. And then we had an incredible moment in special teams. And you're like, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, we're talking about church and you're talking about football. But I'm trying to show you that the special teams matter the offense matters, and the defense matters, and in order for the Hogs to do what they did, it all had to work together. I need you to know that when you come into church, there are phases to coming to church, and every portion of what we do matters, and if you want to continue to grow, we've got to do all the phases well. So what is our first phase? When you walk in, we have worship. This is not a karaoke. When you're not at a bar, and we're not doing karaoke. And you're just kind of watching us and you're impressed with the music, musical ability. Like we're trying to change the criticisms and the complaining that's been in our mouth all week long. And we're trying to decrease so he can increase. And I'm asking you, how are you doing in the phase of worship? Do you lift your hands or are you like, I'm here but I don't even feel like it? What happens when special teams doesn't feel like tackling? What happens when the, come on, you hear what I'm saying? You see what I'm correlating here? We have worship, and so are you learning to sing? Well, I'm, I, that's not my personality. The Bible begins to say singing praise to God is not a matter of personality. It's a matter of submission. Worship is a phase to the game plan here. Welcoming each other is a phase to the game plan. Well, I've been to the church for two or three weeks and nobody has said hi to me. Say it. You, you got a mouth? Say hi. The Bible says who want friends must first show himself friendly. We're going to do our best to be friendly. But here is what I'm saying is if you feel like it is all of our jobs to get to know you, then I'm telling you, you need to release a little bit of responsibility too. And when someone says hi, you can say hi back. <laughs> That's a game plan. It's a part of the face. How are you doing? The Bible says with the brethren. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. What's going on? And then we begin to do life and we get in each other's homes and we get to be known, loved, and challenged. That is a phase of the game plan that the body of Christ needs. And the Bible says do not give up meeting together. Come on. What's the next phase? The game plan is making commitments and following through on the next play he tells you. We call that next steps. And we believe that, that we are hoping that there is a moment, maybe like 35 seconds in a sermon, where God begins to speak to you. And you were here for an hour and 10 minutes, but 30 minutes, is 30 seconds is wrecking you. 
And all of a sudden, your life is beginning to shift. And you're like, I know what I need to work on. And I need to go out. And here's the deal. Because Monday through Saturday is hard. You're facing everything. And in here, come on, we're getting prepared. And the only way that we can win the battle out wherever we are is to be obedient to what he's asked us to do in the moment. Come on. And then we begin to strategize and be intentional and work it into our life. What has he asked me to do? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be obedient. Listen, and I'm going to submit to what the Holy Spirit is telling me to do. And the last is this. Are you allowing four phases? Are you allowing ministry to happen? We have switched some of the things that we do. And so when we end, we will have announcements that will come next. And then we will open back up worship and we will have people at the altar. And we, here's, here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to help us pioneer a culture where prayer is not bad, but prayer is good. Last semester on Tuesday nights, we meet here at the church from 6.30 to 7.30 and we pray. And we pray for you. If you want to take your prayer to the next level, come to prayer. Don't, don't talk about well, our culture needs to be more spiritual, and you don't even come to the spiritual things we do. Hear me. In just a second, we're going to have people down here. And I, if you're struggling this week in your marriage, in your parenting, with your finances, if you're struggling, don't sit there and be like, I got it. Come on. Oh, come down here and let them pray with you. Because in our culture, prayer is not bad. Prayer is not bad, and here's what I'm asking you to do. If you will break the heaviness off of that moment, the people who come in next will never even consider it being a deal. They'll just come get prayer. They'll just come get prayer. They'll just come get prayer, and that's what will happen, and we are leading this, and so when you come, I want to see ministry happen in your life. Every time we're here, Ben, y'all go ahead and come up. Every time we're here on Sunday morning, we aren't just attending. This isn't commun co consumer Christianity. My goal isn't that you become fans or critics. Oh, I just love it. I love it. I love it. No, 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 no. I want that to go a little step deeper. And I want us to move from attitude, come on, listen, to action. And I would, I'd love to see you go join us in our next steps because I believe as we move forward, listen, as a body, we are never going back. Dismiss the idea that it was better where you started. Listen, it's not better where you started. We move from glory to glory. Don't listen to the wrong voices that want to take you back to bondage. Don't, don't, don't listen to those, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. No, it matters. Because when I was in that atmosphere, I was tempted and ashamed and I was struggling come on and now you're trying to lead me back there and I don't want to go there I want to go where God has for me I believe there's a purpose and a destiny and even though I'm parting the, the God is parting the waters and I'm moving to, to, to territory listen that is not even cultivated I believe that God has cities and towns and places and people and, and God has more for me over here than I ever had over here because over here I was only going to be a slave to whatever was driving me 
but I believe that God has, come on, help me, something better for me, and we're never going back. We're never going back. We're never going back. Men, here's the deal. Men, here's the deal. Maybe that old high school flame has been messaging you on Facebook. Don't ever go back. Turn it off. Delete it. Delete all of it. Go off of Facebook. We're never going back. We're never going back. Come on. Moms, wives, stop dreaming of what it would be like if you weren't married. Don't ever go back. Move, move forward. Get the help that you need. Get the, come on, you hear what I'm saying? We're moving forward. We're not moving backward. We're moving forward. And we got to overcome trials and temptations. And we got to pass the test. So right here, come on. Will you bow your heads with me? Come on, will you take a moment? Come on, I believe the Spirit of God is moving, is ministering. I believe He's ministering. This morning we had many hands go up. We had many people get saved. Today, here's the thing. God has so many great things for you, but you're going to have to say, God, I want you as my master. I don't want bondage or addiction or shame or insecurity. I want to be free from that. And God has sent Jesus to lead you out of darkness into a marvelous light. And he doesn't want to shame you. He wants to free you. He's not wanting to talk about all that you've done. He wants to talk about what he can do in your life. And if you're here and you want to meet Jesus, then I'm going to count to three. And I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Come on. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand right where you're at. Come on, I see your hand. Come on, right where you're at. That's me. I need to get saved. If you raise your hand, repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for freeing me. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive me, to move in me, and to establish the thoughts of the kingdom in my life. In Jesus' name. Lastly is this. If you're sitting here today and you're saved and you love the Lord, but you've been struggling with going back to an old temptation, an old thing, an old deal, an old desire. Maybe you've been struggling thinking it's better over here than over here. Then come on, I just want you to acknowledge that so that you can be led to where God wants you to go. Come on, all over this place, if that's you and, and God is speaking to you about never going back, come on, raise your hand right where you're at. One, two, three, come on. Don't ever go back. Don't ever go back. Come on. It's not worth it. Don't ever go back. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing. As hands are up all over this place, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to move. And here in a second when we have ministry time, Father, I'm asking for bondages to be broken. I'm, actually, I'm asking for strongholds in Jesus' name to be broken off of people's lives where we move forward and we never move back in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.